Mystery Minnesota is an original fiction podcast from Adventures in Creativity Productions. Call it an anthology of strange stories, mysteries of a punishing land, and the people that call it home. And these stories impacted one man's life in a way he never anticipated. Believe them or don't. But remember, these stories are told in order, so make sure and start at the beginning. Don't worry, we'll be here whenever you catch up. Welcome to Mystery Minnesota. You ever find yourself randomly flipping through family photos, lost on a journey back in time as you relive memories nearly forgotten? You know, it's funny how a single photograph can send you down memory lane and have you startled to find that an hour later you're still sitting there, staring out the window with that photo in your hand, just returning from the journey into days past. I'm not sure if time travel is real, but I imagine times like that are the closest we'll ever get to achieving it. Standing there, I wonder if my face matches my feelings as I forget the real world and stare out that window lost in thought. I'm sure I look stupid as I grin, thinking about all the fun times and wince thinking about the adventures gone wrong, but I don't really care. Who's there to see me? Besides, as painful as it can be, it's good to visit those places from time to time so we can appreciate where we've come out today. Good, bad, light, or dark. You can't have one without the other. The next few days, I tried to forget about how I totally screwed up with Roger. I should have never gone and seen him on that day of all days, but how was I to know? I had done nothing wrong. In fact, Roger had only himself to blame as far as I was concerned. I mean, he was the one that invited me out, knowing fully what day it was. And when the phone rang, I nearly jumped off the couch. I hadn't realized I'd been time-traveling once again, staring at some old family photos, bouncing between memories of better days, and telling myself it was all Roger's fault. All his fault that I bothered him on the anniversary of his little brother's death. Answering the phone, I could only nod in silence. Even over the phone, I could feel those commanding eyes and that gentle yet firm tone in his voice. Roger, voice surprisingly warm and a bit distant, apologized for sending me home and asked me to come back up to his place. He was ready to tell me his story. I didn't wait. An hour later, I pulled into Roger's driveway once again and this time, just in time to see him tossing what looked to be a small, bloody carcass onto the compost heap. The snow sprayed and dotted red with fresh blood. In that cold winter air, the faintest smell of something sweet still hung. I couldn't 
quite place the smell at the time. Wiping his hands on his pants, Roger greeted me with a strong handshake as I stepped out of my car. He had a look in his eye that was begging me to forgive his rudeness as he invited me inside. We talked for hours that day. He told me story after story about his younger days, places he'd been, things he'd seen. Stories of times when he spent a full month winter camping deep in the wilderness, 10 miles away from any form of civilization, nothing but himself and his thoughts as he forged a way to get away from it all. <laughs> Not so much a relaxing camping trip, but more of a willful forging of survival instinct and skill. I suppose just to see if he could do it. Those trips were hard, and he was doing it by overcoming stalking wolves, the kind that threatened to take his daily harvest of rabbits and the occasional deer, as well as the constant threat that if he wouldn't give over his food, well, they'd just take him instead. These were amazing stories. I could have listened to them all day long. But there was a problem. See, none of them were the story I was there to hear. None of them about that story. Something to explain what Ben was referencing with his note and, well, uh, that box of animal fur. None of these stories were about Jimmy. I didn't press him. Painful memories need courage to be summoned, and courage sometimes requires a little encouragement before it's ready, so by the time he got around to Jimmy, the sun had long been set, and the faint hint of northern lights danced in the sky above. Jimmy, well, I would come to find out, he was a pest. <laughs> like all younger brothers, he was just always there. Every time you turn around, he was right there, asking you what you were doing. Could he try it? Did you need help? And if he wasn't asking to jump in on whatever you were doing, he was threatening to tell mom if you didn't let him in on the secret. You see, I've often wondered if little brothers were born with a special expert level blackmailing skill or something, because damn, if they couldn't get away with everything, while seeming to always avoid trouble and do whatever they wanted at the same time. <sighs> that conversation with Roger, though, well, what can I say? That particular afternoon, as the season started to change and the heat of summer was being replaced by the chill of fall, Roger told me that what he was doing was trying to quietly sneak what was left of that red squirrel out of the yard before the dog got a hold of it and made a mess of himself. Growing up in the country, it wasn't unusual to find the occasional dead squirrel or bird, usually the victim of some larger predator like a hawk or owl, that had attacked it but never finished it, getting scared off before it could polish off its meal. But this squirrel, Roger had never seen an owl or hawk tear apart something quite like that. It was all ripped and torn, but nothing seemed to be eaten. Instead, it looked like it had been sliced and torn apart just for fun. Well, of course, before he could take two steps towards the woods with the bloody thing wrapped in a bag he used to pick it up, 
Jimmy was right there, pestering Roger to show him what he had in the bag. He didn't want to. He knew Jimmy would tell Mom that Roger killed the squirrel, which wasn't true, and that the sight of this little critter all torn apart would likely give Jimmy nightmares, but Roger felt like it was time to teach this little pest a lesson, so he told him to follow him to the woods and he'd show him there. Off they went, and once out of sight of the house, Roger turned to Jimmy and told him to get ready because he'd never found anything like this before. There was an excitement and a fear in his voice, that sound that young boys get when they're on the verge of something big. You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, Jimmy swallowed hard, but nodded okay. He was ready. Roger opened the bag, and in seconds, Jimmy turned to the side and puked all over the alder brush they were hiding behind. As he told me about this moment, a slight smile crept over Roger's face. A smile that only got wider as he told me how that was Jimmy's weak spot. A finicky stomach that would leave him retching at the slightest hint of life's more... Mm, unsavory moments, we could say. Then, like the emergency happiness switch had been triggered, his face was once more a mask of ice-cold stone and pained recollection. The ragged bits of torn flesh and bone like some grisly soup, laying there in the pooling blood inside that bag. It didn't help that peeking through the blood, as if it were looking out of the bag back at Jimmy and Roger, was what was left of the little head. One big eye, half the cheek and front teeth, and Part of the ear were about all that remained intact, at least until you got to the blood-soaked tail coiled in the bottom. The rest of that squirrel was just a knot of ripped flesh and fur, with small white bones poking like needles here and there out of the bloody mess. Worst yet was the smell. The metallic tang of blood mixed with the rancid smell of ripped and torn guts and intestine, but they'd butchered plenty of animals before. They were children of outdoorsmen after all, so the smell of animal blood normally wasn't too much to handle. No, what got Jimmy, and truth be told, almost got Roger too, was the sickly sweet smell of peppermint that mixed with the gore. He'd noticed it when he gathered the squirrel up off the ground, but not this strong. Being closed up in that bag, the smell intensified and now was so strong, poor Jimmy puked every time he looked and Roger quickly had to close the bag as he felt the bile rising in his throat. He knew something was wrong with all of this and it was no damn hawk or owl that killed that squirrel. This thing was ripped to shreds with nothing left but ribbons of meat, bone, gristle, and blood. Hmm. Siblings, they're a, they're a funny thing. They annoy the hell out of each other, fight like cats and dogs, but they can't stand being apart from each other, and more importantly, they hate seeing their siblings suffer. Unless, of course, they're the cause of said suffering, naturally, but 
In the best situation, siblings are best friends. With a need to fight each other replaced by a bond stronger than any friendship can hope to create. That bond is what often leads to the best and worst of times as they conspire to get in and hopefully out of trouble. All in the name of having a little fun. Roger had warned Jimmy that no matter what, they couldn't tell Dad about the squirrel. He wouldn't believe them anyways and would only think Roger had done something he wasn't supposed to. And Mom was absolutely out of the question. Not a word to be whispered in that direction. See, the truth is, if they talked and their mom or dad found out about it, it would mean no more hunting this fall. Which would also mean Jimmy would have no one to tag along with for those long, roaming walks through the woods, either. Well, that was apparently enough incentive, and to his credit, Jimmy actually kept his mouth shut about this one. Well, at least when it came to telling their parents. The problem was, he wouldn't shut up about it with Roger. Every five minutes, it was... Raj, what do you think did that? And Hey, Raj, why did it smell so bad? And Hey, Raj, you want a candy cane? I bet you're too chicken to eat one now. You see, he'd never let him see it, but frankly, it annoyed him more than he thought possible. He'd grown used to putting up with Jimmy's taunting, but this was different, probably because he really had no answer for Jimmy. He'd been thinking long and hard about what animal in the Northland could rip apart a squirrel like that, only to leave it sitting there, uneaten. Most animals killed for food. Granted, some, like those damn wolves that crowded everything up here, well, they'd just kill for sport if they could. If they spooked an animal, all it had to do was run away from them, and then instinct took over, and they killed it just to kill it. It happened all the time. Roger had seen it more than once, though the local wardens denied it. But even if it was an owl, hawk, or even wolf pups that killed that squirrel, that still didn't explain that smell. Like a rotten meat and blood-soaked candy cane, Jimmy wasn't wrong to tease Roger about it. It was all sharp, metallic tang of blood, meat, and guts, and icy, cold peppermint so sweet it made your stomach clench and your eyes water. As with most things for youngsters like Roger and Jimmy, there's nothing that a good adventure won't make you forget about. And they found themselves out about a week later, sun only barely peeking through the tree line, backpacks full of food and supplies for what they planned to be an all-day hike as they hunted birds and scouted some deer country Roger was hoping to hunt. That shredded, minty squirrel was the furthest thing from their mind as the adventure began. Jimmy smelled it first, stopping Roger not a hundred yards from home. As that sweet peppermint smell hit his nose and he began to gag. Turning to yell at Jimmy for messing around, the smell hit Roger and they both froze, staring at each other. Both hiding the hint of uneasiness creeping up inside, and neither one willing to show weakness and admit it to the other. It didn't take them long to find it. Just follow your nose, as Toucan Sam used to say. <laughs> uh, 
Just off the trail lay what remained of a big, fat rabbit. What was left of its coat, a mottled mix of white and brown, forever trapped between seasons. The peppermint smells stronger than before, but the rabbit torn apart in the exact same way. Looked like it was run through a paper shredder and left for waste. The ribbons of flesh and bone that remained steamed in the morning chill. Whatever had done this had just done this. They never saw or heard anything. Hell, this was still basically right in their backyard. Even the dog hadn't seemed to notice because there was not so much as a yip or a bark from him. Normally, if critters were in the yard, he put up a fuss and was all big talk, letting everyone know that this was his yard. This morning, he was silent. At least this time, they didn't have to move it away. It was already far enough out of the yard, but still, that smell had both boys feeling a bit sick to their stomach. The thought that they must have scared off whatever had done this as they approached only added to that unease. Well, with a half-hearted laugh and a pat on the back, Roger tried to convince Jimmy, and quite frankly himself, to keep going. They had a big day planned ahead, full of laughs and hopefully grabbing a few birds in the process. But after the most miserable half hour of trudging through the woods, constantly glancing over their shoulders and sniffing the air for that sick peppermint smell, it was clear both boys just wanted to get back home. Finding that rabbit stole all joy from the brothers Pitsy, stole the joy of a crisp autumn morning in the woods hunting birds and so they turned and, without a word, headed home. Their adventure would have to wait for another day. Jimmy, he didn't have any fight in him, so he didn't tease Roger at all the whole way back. He barely spoke, in fact. Normally, Roger'd be thrilled with that, but Jimmy's silence left Roger feeling concerned and pretty sick to his stomach. Something just wasn't right about this. Which is why, when Jimmy finally asked if they should tell Dad, Roger shot him a determined look, a look that would become his trademark, and simply said no. He was going to prove to Jimmy, his dad, and he supposed to himself, that he could handle this and himself as an outdoorsman. We sat in silence in the darkness of his home. Those cold eyes met mine and he paused like he was seeing through me to a time long, long ago. Finally, with a voice filled with pain, sorrow, and regret, he asked me if I could come back in a couple days. It was getting pretty late, and he had to be up early to get his work done. It was... he just... he sounded so exhausted. And as I got set to walk out the door, I watched him stare out into that darkness and mutter to himself softly. Stupid kid. Thought he knew it all. Mystery Minnesota is an Adventures in Creativity production written, produced, and performed by David Swiduck. You can find out more about the show and all of the others at AICpod.com. 
If you're enjoying what you hear, be sure to reach out to us on social media by following at AIC Stories on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or, of course, you can email us via the contact form on the site. If you want to support the show and help more people discover and uncover the mysteries we're exploring, you can leave us a review or, most importantly, share Mystery Minnesota with your friends. Look, no matter where you hang out, be it Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, or Instagram, word of mouth is still the best thing you can do to help support life here in Mystery Minnesota. So don't be shy. Let people know what's up. Of course, we'd love it if you checked out all of the other storytelling fun happening with Adventures and Creativity Productions as well. So while you're at AICpod.com, go ahead and explore all of the other content right there. You can get all of the great projects like Faded Words and Adventures in Creativity in one convenient place by subscribing to AIC Stories in the podcast app of your choice. Really is the best way to keep up with everything we have coming up for you on Adventures in Creativity Productions. But if you only want to follow the story of Mystery Minnesota, you can find us under Mystery Minnesota in your podcatcher or at anchor.fm slash mysteryminnesota. So get yourself all caught up and stick with us, because there's more to the story here in Mystery Minnesota. <laughs>